May the seeds of the tree grow everywhere. Welcome to the Circus of Seeds. Conversational Fragments. This format is the product of recorded discussions, but only small segments of larger discussions. This particular discussion is one that's taking place in my network around that of value and how we value things. The book referred to is The Value of Everything by Mariana Mazzucato. That something has value according to what we choose to value it at because we choose to value it at that price. And um, anything that generates that amount of money or has that amount of value for society. So values kind of become disconnected actually from anything uh, tangible at all. It's become a very abstract notion. So what I've been exploring is looking at how we can actually attach it to something which is actually connected to human need. Um, in the book I was just reading, they, 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 there's this idea of marginal value which I think is something which has very much been along the lines of the things that I've been exploring. So, you know, the, if you take something like salt, for example, even at a basic level, your body's an out of it, right? So you need a certain amount of minerals in your system. And so when you need those minerals, especially if you're dehydrated, for example, you need salt solution, sugar, and, and, and water mixed in together, or you, you could have seriously like bad problems with your body. So at that point, that amount of salt has a very high value for you. However, once you've consumed the amount that you actually need, it then becomes, starts to become toxic. And actually after a certain amount, after a certain threshold, then that thing becomes the opposite of um, value, valuable or useful or beneficial for your system. After that point, it becomes harmful so you could argue that it has a negative value at that at that point make sense so far so for me it's more i guess about it doesn't need to necessarily be a numerical value it's more about forces of attraction and repulsion and and how they fit within a kind of constantly shifting hierarchy of need so, and I've, I've also started thinking about this in terms of time and chronology and um, like what a chiric clock or a chiric compass looks like if we engage with time in a different way. You know, it's not necessarily what's more important that it's 12 o'clock and you associate 12 o'clock with lunchtime or that you're hungry. So it's a quarter to food, right? Um, so how we actually structure these things within our daily lives and different needs have different frequencies so they recur um, throughout different times so you've got things like the rule of threes you know if you don't go without if you go without oxygen for more than three minutes you die if you go without food um for i think i can't remember if it's food or i think water you go without water for more than three days you die you can go without food for three weeks, but if you go without food for more than three weeks, you die. So this could be argued to have different frequencies of need, um, almost according to the 
the frequency by which we have to um, consume them, the heart beats at a certain rate. If it's stopped, again, problems. We breathe at a certain pace. We eat at a certain pace. We drink at a certain pace. So each need actually has a frequency or pattern, and that frequency or pattern may vary for, for different individuals. But at the point where the need reaches its peak, then there needs to be a flow towards it and a service provision at that point. And at that point where that need is met, where that service is provided, then that's the point at which value actually exists. So, I mean, we're looking at two different things. I guess one is like what an ideal natural system looks like. And if you look at nature, actually there, there is these forces happening within nature, even a tree under attack will signal insects to come and rescue it at a certain point in time its ants or wasps or whatever. But these kind of signal mechanisms are taking place. I need here take, I need here take, or often just um, here take because I need. It's almost like an abundance strategy. The, the tree generates far more fruit that it needs because it's taking more roles of it's making the offers. But what's missing from the way in which we engage with one another is there isn't really that observation of what each other needs and what represents real value because value has become abstracted. So I think the first part of the conversation on, on money and the way that we explore money needs to be um, an understanding of our, our individual needs and our, our cycles of, uh, of, of, of need, but then those, those things are prioritized. And then the bit I'm trying to work out then in the background, I would imagine that these things are connected to, on one hand, you've got the common resource. Um, so in order to serve each other's needs, um, we take a loan from the common resource, and that's understood as a loan. We take material nutrients from our environment, but we should likewise contribute those nutrients back to the environment, preferably with interest, where we can. So recognizing our, our global debt, but also in terms of how we approach information, that uh, information is a form of nutrient that allows us to better serve one another and where we can improve upon that and contribute back into that commons, then we have a bi-directional flow of value that's, um, that's taking place. Thanks to James Lewis also for providing the conversational context for these ideas to flow. If anybody else wants to be a part of this conversation, then please get in touch. May the branches be blessed with loss and fair. May the seeds of the tree grow everywhere. May the seeds of the tree grow everywhere. Thanks for your attention. If you enjoyed the music for this episode, you can find it on SoundCloud. It's a piece called The Tree of Love from Bridget Cousins. Thank you.